Welcome everybody to another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast and you're all enjoying your day sweet if not what the hell ever. Now we're getting into the month of November for this whole thing of Saturday Morning Slam. Let's get into it. November 3rd, 2012. So opening up, we have Sin Cara versus El Local. Even though like I had to put El Local because I couldn't add a fancy accent or whatever for the A in my document over here because I don't know how. Who is actually, but LOL is actually Ricardo Rodriguez under the mask. I mean, of course, you go with the name LOL, you can guess what the guy's role is. I mean, the only impressive thing I can say about the beginning of this match is they did the whole collar and double tie up, and Sin Cara reversed it by elevating himself out of the corner and then reversing that into an arm drag, which is a move that is done way too often in his matches. And Sin Cara even feigns doing the whole flipping motion by rebounding out of the ropes. And he lands on his feet this time. Unlike when he tried to do it to Michael McGillicuddy in a past episode. And then he soon gets the corkscrew plancha to Hello Cal on the outside. So I mean, yeah, something's good. And then something special happens. That I cannot believe. Sin Cara got whipped by Hello Cal into the corner. And he bounced off and smacked the canvas. And there was no camera cut. Finally, it's taken 11 episodes of this show for somebody to get whipped back first into the corner, rebound, and not get a camera cut to avoid the dangerous action. It's like, thank goodness. I mean, Alucal, he's trying to keep Sankara grounded, waist lock, so it's just waste time. Sankara mounts a comeback after getting out of that waist lock. And for some reason during the match, Alucal is on his is in doggy style on the canvas. Sankara runs up and just steps on his hand before trying to do that whole wrist lock bouncing out of the corner arm drag move. And then Sinkara gets the win after he gets the corkscrew cork splash off the apron into the ring to a grounded local and then goes back to the outside, springboard Swanton, boom, Sinkara wins. And they try saying on commentary, oh yeah, don't forget Elokal's the one in red and Sinkara's the one in white, which is like, he doesn't look like he's in white with that yellow lighting that's going around. He looks like he got covered in piss. Okay, so now... After this, you get Saturday Morning Slam acknowledging the Mexican holiday. I don't remember how to pronounce this in Spanish, but it's Day of the Dead. So it's somewhere after Halloween. And that leads us into the Video Vault segment looking at past Luchadors being La Parca, not the one who passed away a couple years ago, the original one that you saw in WCW, Juventud Guerrera, and Rey Mysterio. But it was kind of weird to show Juventud Guerrera because they showed footage of him without his mask on in WCW. It's hard to call him a keep him saying, hey, here's a luchador, when you show him unmasked. I mean, he didn't show Rey Mysterio unmasked during his time in WCW, so... And plus, you could have also shown Juventud Guerrera maybe in WWE if you also wanted to show him unmasked instead of just WCW stuff, but it's weird to say, hey, here's a luchador without his mask on. I mean, he can do the lucha style, but hard to give him that title when you can see his face. After this, we have Rey Mysterio kind of talking to the audience about his favorite mask, and he's got three to present. First off, he talks about his one of his favorite masks being that red one that he made when he made his debut in WWE back in is either June or July 2002, and he's saying that was his favorite because that was the mask he wore when he dove off that steel cage to, I think it was Christian and Lance Storm? Because I remember that segment, and they actually kind of showed that spot in full, but I think that was who he hit the splash on, or Diamond Crossbody. His second favorite one is a black-yellow-silver mask, because those colors represent his favorite football team from San Diego. I believe that's Chargers. I'm sure I'm possibly right on that. I 
I don't pay attention to football, y'all. And then his other favorite one is a military representation one with gray camel in the front, black in the back, with the WWE logo there. So, I mean, yeah, at least there's something of significance there as well. Nothing like, oh, it's close to home, I say. But, I mean, he doesn't really list off much. I mean, he's got so many masks, it's hard to keep track. And how can he say that any of his are his favorite and they can... It's hard to remember what mask he's wearing to the next. Because then you have all these color combinations that you could recreate in the WWE video games and Superstar threads and all that shit. So it's just like, how can he keep track of all these masks and have all these memories? I have to question that. Now we get to the main event. It has nothing to do with Luchadors. Brodus Clay, who won't go away. And Cody Rhodes. No mustache. And this time on commentary, Santino gets replaced by Dolph Ziggler. Thank goodness. This match was also kind of pointless. Brodus is just overpowering Cody a few times, and every time he overpowers Cody, he dances in celebration. Yeah, I'm funky! No, you're sucky. So, Cody, quickly into the action, he gets thrown over the top rope, but he tries skinning the cat to get back in the ring, and he has the audacity to try to do a running shoulder tackle to Brodus Clay, and instead he just bounces off of him. It's like, run, boing! Yeah, not a good idea to do there. If somebody's, like, two or three times your size, don't charge at them like that. Okay? Running into a brick wall. Then you get to the weird part of the match. Brodus, he's about to attack Cody, and Cody's on his knees like, No, please, don't hurt me. No, don't touch my face or anywhere else inappropriately. Like, let me do a dance-off. It's like, really, we're doing this again? How many times have we seen dance-offs and stuff like this during the show? So Cody's given the floor... And he does the Carlton dance. Like, what in the ever-loving hell? I cannot believe, like, he actually did that. And then he had said, Brodus, hey, you go ahead and dance. Before Brodus can try to dance, Cody tries sneak attacking him. Doesn't work. But then Cody shakes it off. He starts mounting offense. He even gets a second-row missile drop kick, which they did not do a camera cut for. So, thank you. And then Cody decides to start working on the legs of Brodus, which you see in a lot of those big men, smaller size men type of matches. It's like, hey, I can't overpower him. Can't run into him unless I want to bounce off like a brick wall. So I might as well just try to keep him grounded. So he's going after the legs over and over. He's even doing kind of an elevated figure four leg lock, which kind of looked nice. But then you have to really put all the power in your arms to keep that hold together. Because you had the arm or legs dispositioned. You have been better off just doing a regular figure four when you're on your back. Okay, I mean, Cody's not really the upper body strength type of guy. But then Cody and Brodus get back on their feet. Cody bounces off the ropes, try to run crossbody, gets caught by Brodus. Cody gets power slammed, running splash, Brodus wins. I think this match was like, what, six minutes? Ugh, like, Christ. It's just like, it almost becomes typical of what you can expect when Brodus Clay has a match. He's going to dance, and he's going to win. Because, oh, you gotta do it for the kids. And speaking of the kids, they do that usual thing where after the match, you got the disco ball playing and a few kids are invited to the ring to dance. Stop this. Keep the kids behind the barricade. I don't care if you want to celebrate or any of that shit. I, didn't we see the stuff happen with Finlay and Hornswoggle after Finlay turned babyface in like 2007, 2008? He's got the toy and Horn It's like, oh, come dance with my bastard son. Because my name is Finley, and I love to have fun. I don't like to fight, because that's not PG. Like, stop doing the stuff where you got to bring kids into the ring, okay? 
I mean, kids, you let them in the ring, it's like, okay, it's okay. But an adult runs in the ring, you beat the shit out of them. Can't hit a kid, because, oh, that's child abuse. No, we can't have that. Uh, it's not PG there, bitch. Anyway. I mean, this was an okay episode. I mean, like, acknowledging Mass Luchador's important thing, especially with Rey Mysterio. By the way, by the time I'm recording this, is around the time that Rey was announced already to be on the Hall of Fame. By the time this episode was released, he's already been inducted. So, congratulations to Rey Mysterio on being inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame. Much, much, much deserved. But anyway, like I said, the matches... The Sin Cara locale match, didn't care. The Ceremony Slam video vault and the Ray interview, I kind of liked. But then that main event, it was too predictable. It's just like, <laughs> they gotta have somebody for the kids on the show. So, I mean, it's like, what else other than a big hippo that has two fucking left feet and just... Ugh, no. But anyway, that is gonna sell it for today's episode. Let me know what you got down in the comment section below. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to leave a like, subscribe with the bell, turn on if you're listening to this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this podcast on any other service that this podcast is available on. And I'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out and good day, everybody. And now I don't want to see the Carlton Dance ever again.